You're listening to The Over 50 Entrepreneur, the podcast that's dedicated to the business builders who are only getting started when most are winding down. This is the place to discover how to create more freedom from your business while growing the value of your business. Now here's your host, Rick Hadrava. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Hadrava. And I have to tell you today, I just love this next guest. I'm a big fan of his. Um, I think you're going to find that there's going to be some really good stuff here today. Matt Terrio, he's a veteran. He's an author, successful real estate investor, and he's a mentor to many people who are interested in real estate. He's the host of his very own podcast and a successful entrepreneur all around. I think what interests me about Matt the most is he is a genuine human being. And what I mean by that is he's not only passionate about helping people learn, but he's passionate about them achieving the results that they want to the point that he's focused on execution, which I think in this day and age of information um, is very important and a whole lot of value to people who don't know how to take the information they have and get to the next level. Matt is so engaging that I always feel so grateful after a conversation with him, just that I've gotten to know him over the years. So guys, I think we're going to have some good stuff on today's show. And without further delay, let's welcome Matt Terrio. Hey, Matt, Rick. How are you? Oh, sorry good. about that. <laughs> oh, hey, thanks for taking the time to be on the podcast. Um, I, I, I gave you a little bit of an intro, but mm-hmm. why don't you, I think you've got a great story. Why don't you take a couple minutes and just share how, how you got to where you are today? Sure. Well, well, first of all, I think we might have to delay this conversation for about 45 days until my 50th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. You know, uh, I was at the bowling alley the other night and um, they had, I think it was on Tuesday nights, they had a big giant promotion that, uh, 50 and older gets a discount. And I was like, I am not going to be asking for that discount. <laughs> I'm going to pay nope. full price. <laughs> That's right. Be happy to pay full price. Right. Yeah. So how I got started when, well, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I spent the next several years of my life, almost I don't know, 13, 14, 15 years, something like that in the music business and just living my passion, living my dream and having a great time, made my million by the time I was 30. And And then this little thing called the digital download came along, turned that whole industry upside down. And I basically found myself at the age of 34, broke, bankrupt, just got divorced. And I went from a seven-figure year to $7 an hour bagging groceries. And so uh, I had to start life all over again. And for about six months there at the grocery store, it was like the world's biggest pity party. I was uh, blaming everybody and everything for my situation, taking no responsibility for where I'd been. And, uh, you know, at the time it seemed justified because there was this uncontrollable technology that came in and thwarted all of my dreams. But uh, after a while, I realized that, hey, if it's going to be, it's up to me. Otherwise, I'm going to be sitting here bagging groceries for the rest of my life. So I really missed my money, the type of money that I was making in, in music. And so I just went out searching, like, where are the best income opportunities? Where can I make the most money? I know I have to learn something new. So if I'm going to learn something new, I'm going to learn something that makes some money. And uh, that makes sense. Makes a lot yeah. of sense. Long story short, all roads pointed to real estate. And uh, the most unlikely mentor, the most unlikely piece of advice that I got was from the actual grocery store manager who said, real estate, it's the final frontier where the average person has a legitimate shot at creating real wealth. And uh, at that point in my life, I was feeling far below average. 
So I was like, well, who am I to think that I could do something, anything better or different than real estate? But if that's the best shot, then let's go for it. So I uh, did what I thought the logical thing I thought was to do was to um, get a real estate license and become a real estate agent. And it only took me about four years to realize that I was sitting on the wrong side of the desk if I really wanted to access all the wealth properties of, of real estate. So I hung up my license and became a full-time real estate investor, buying and selling and holding on my own behalf. And I was very focused and really caught uh, the, the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You've probably never heard of it. But uh, that book has uh, just transformed my life around this concept of passive income and getting your monthly passive income to exceed your monthly expenses. And that was like a, a new paradigm shift, I guess, if you will, for me from where I was in real estate. It was just like make sell a bunch of records, make a bunch of money and and you know that was it just stack stack those those bank accounts as high as i could right but this was a totally different concept was you know just have that money replenish itself every single month and you might not be wealthy right away but you can get free a lot faster that way and so that was really uh alluring to me and so in about three and a half years i was able to do that i got my passive income to exceed my monthly expenses and then Another long story short, started teaching people how I did it and created a second income stream for myself there. So I've got a big real estate portfolio and I've got a big education business showing people how to do what I do. Well, Matt, that's a, there's a good segue. Let me ask you this. First of all, it's interesting to me that, you know, you made your millions early on. And, and, and by the way, thank you for your service. I, mm -hmm. I appreciate that, that time that you, you uh, sacrificed for us. When you came back and you made the millions... Um, you easily could have fallen into that trap that, that I think many people get into, you know, where they never realize, hey, I've got to do something different. They could be stuck do, doing bagging groceries at $7 an hour um, thinking that they're not worthy. What was it inside of you? You know, I know you said, hey, you, you liked having that income, but was there something else mentally inside of you um, that, that drove you to just wake up one day and say, hey, I, I just am not going to do this anymore. Yeah, it was about six months in. And there was a moment where I had been promoted from grocery bagger to grocery checker. And there was a, a lady that came through my line. If you were to create a mental image for yourself of a yuppie soccer mom, she pretty much fit the bill for central casting. And she had two kids with the double wide stroller and she had the cell phone and the little tennis outfit. And and uh, she was on the phone while she was uh, while I was bagging the groceries and it was all done. I'd asked, uh, I gave her the total. She opened up her wallet and out of her wallet fell her ATM receipt. And I couldn't help but sneak a peek. And the balance on that ATM receipt was $256,000. Nice. And it had been about seven months. That was a very significant number for me to see. Cause it had been about seven, eight months since I had seen that number in my own bank account. And at that moment I wasn't anywhere close. And if I continued to do what I was doing, I was never ever going to see that again. And that was the moment where it's like, wow, I better do something different. So that was the defining moment. Well, that's, that's good. And the way that you tell that story lets me know that that has been uh, etched in your memory uh, since that point. So, so that catalyst into real estate and, you know, getting your license, realizing that's not where you want to be. 
But but then you you hit on this that you you built up this great portfolio and then you began to enter into uh, I'd call it the mentoring or or teaching phase and showing other people interested in real estate how to do it successfully. What what was that transition like for you? It was. Um, you know, it started off as, Hey Matt, you were just like a friend or a family member it was like, Matt, you were just bagging groceries there, you know, uh, not too long ago. And now you're playing golf on a Tuesday. You know, I, I want to do what you're doing. Can I take you to lunch and start picking your brain? So that's how it started. And I realized, wow, there's, there's some demand for this. And that was kind of when I came across like the, the internet was um, the internet obviously been around, but I had stumbled across this idea. Someone shared it with me of how you build a membership website, you put some lessons in it, and then you charge people access, and then it just makes money hand over fist while you're sleeping. That's how it was explained to me. Right, <laughs> and right. uh, I was like, well, that sounds like a good deal. Let me, let me sign up for that. And that, that one little step right there just evolved and took me into a, a giant world and down a very, very deep rabbit hole. And, you know, it's, it's certainly, it has moments where it does feel like that, but it's a real job. It's another business. And it's like any business. It's, you know, it takes work, takes effort, takes focus, takes discipline and tenacity. And so that was, that's how that transition came about. There was someone and I was, I dabbled while I was bagging groceries. I dabbled in this multi-level marketing company for a little while for a very short period. And I just remember there's a guy from stage. And he'd said something, and I have no idea whether it's true or not, but it just made sense to me. He says, you know, wealthy people, they get really good at something and then find multiple ways of profiting from what they're, they're good at. And so I was obviously at that point was really good at investing in real estate and creating passive income for myself with, you know, using little to no money, not needing a bank or a credit score. So I was like, okay, what, what's another stream of income I can create from this knowledge? And so that was kind of those two things kind of met at the same time. So that's how that happened. <clears throat> well, so uh, and that that's fascinating because uh, I think that's true. And, you know, you talk about the Internet and I remember 25 years ago, 30 years ago, this this little thing. And I think about where we are today and, and I think we're seeing it, you know, this age of information and all these people like yourself, you know, being able to have a platform that you didn't have before and being able to, to share that information with people. It, it's like this podcast, you know, and, and probably the podcast you do is, is, is just a different format to try to bring this information out and encourage people. Um, and we just didn't have those. So I'm curious and, and kind of a tough question, but, you, you know, you spent some time, you had a great podcast that I listened to. Um, I, I think it was last Friday. And I apologize if it, if it was older than that, but uh, you talked about entrepreneur versus employee. And I'm just curious um, if you want to share a little bit of that, but also kind of segue that I'm curious what, you know, I, I focus on freedom with business owners, right? Because that's what we find is, and you hit on it, it uh, on this podcast that you had, there's a lot of work in, in, in being an entrepreneur, but what does freedom as an entrepreneur really look like for you, Matt? Well, you know, I certainly get to, to make my own schedule, right? Um, which is, which is, I guess, freeing, liberating, but the real freedom has come from my, my real estate investments. 
right? The, uh, they're, they're not totally passive, but it, it's pretty close to being passive. So that's where the real freedom comes. I don't, around the entrepreneurship, I don't know. I mean, entrepreneurship can be almost enslaving at the beginning and for a long time until you actually get a grasp around it and turn it into a business that runs with or without your presence. That's where the real freedom happens. And that's typically years and years and years in the making. But I think what's so alluring about that and why I probably wouldn't do it any differently, um, even considering all of the the headache and heartache that's uh, that I've experienced over the years, is that you have the potential to be free. And right. with a job, you don't even have the potential, right? And so yeah. that's enough to keep me going. And, and, you know, life is short. I just don't want to be, there's that great meme that I wasn't born to just pay bills and die, right? That's right. And so that's, that's what I find so alluring about entrepreneurship and business ownership is, uh, you know, you just have the potential, whether you pull it off or not, you know, that, that's, that's another issue, but, uh, at least you, you have the potential. Right. And isn't that what we're all after anyway? Mm -hmm. Right. You got a shot at it. At least you got a shot, right? So we'd be the path of you. Most people just don't make enough to save enough to create the freedom for themselves, not the freedom that they like, that they would, uh, they would like to live. So, so as you look back, Matt, over, over your career and, and, and I'll go the other way. And then you look into the future because I'm not one to get stuck in the past, Mm -hmm. right? We, we learn a lot of lessons, but I'm just curious, you know, if you know what you know now, if you were to embark on your real estate career again, and or just an entrepreneurial venture, is there something that you look back on and go, you know what, I might have maneuvered or pivoted a little differently here? Have you ever come across that? I think the the one thing that always sticks out is I would have been quicker to hand over important responsibilities to people that are better at stuff than I am and have the faith and the belief that there are people out there better than me at certain things and being able to delegate and write your standard operating procedures and create systems. That sounded like really boring stuff to me when I got started, (laughs) right? I just want to know how to to make a product and create a, a pipeline and close sales and make a lot of money. That's what I was really focused on as an entrepreneur in the beginning. And I think if I were to do it all over again, I would look more around building the machine first, taking your time to build the machine first. And then once it's built and running, now drive the sales. You, you know, it's interesting, Matt, that you bring that up because I, I see that with business owners, entrepreneurs, a lot of times um, is they're, they're a little afraid early on to delegate. And we talk about you know, looking at something from um, a delegation standpoint and today, you know, there's a lot of automation that comes in. Um, and and sometimes, let's just be honest, there are things we need to get rid of, right? And But with the delegation, what's funny is once in a while, we'll get entrepreneurs that say, hey, I delegated that out and it all blew up on me, right? And, and um, what we find is they had no reporting, they had no formal system. They just said, Hey, this is how I want it to look and go, go do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting because, because you can see where, um, as an entrepreneur, you kind of get stuck. Hey, I want to delegate this. So, um, but with your experience, you would do it quicker right out of the gate. 
Yeah, I think there's a, what, what you're saying right now, I've certainly been guilty of that and experienced that myself to where, I mean, if I look at my real estate career, every dime that I have ever lost has been directly related to a bad contractor or a bad property manager. You know, the real estate part is the easy part, but when you start introducing other people to take on important responsibilities, that's where, you know, there, there's more variables of things that can go wrong. And I think what happens is, yes, I would do it all earlier or sooner, but I would do it differently. Because I think there's a fine line between people that delegate and abdicate. And if you've never right. delegated before, you don't really know what delegating feels like. And so people have a tendency to delegate something and then just trust it'll be done without inspecting or checking up on it. And if they do inspect or check up on it, they haven't. And the other way to go too far to the extreme is that you didn't really delegate. Now you're micromanaging and you're not letting that per person thrive. So I think there's some middle ground there. You have to really find your sweet spot in. Well, and, you know, when you delegate too much, you're taking away your own freedom uh, because you're so afraid to, to let go. Right. And, and so there, there is that happy medium. Well, Matt, I'm interested to know, um, you know, as you look out in the future, you look at the experience you've brought to the table what gets you excited today about your future as an entrepreneur and the work that you're doing? I think just doing, just doing more of what I've done to get here, but finding greater efficiencies in doing it. That's exciting because I can see today of, you know, th there's things that I enjoy and, and experience right now that, you know, just four years ago were like, seems so far out of reach. And I have that context now looking into the future that things that seem so far out of reach, I know they're right there. I just have to do the same things that got me here or have that same mindset and, and trust, trust the process. And I know those will be mine as well. So that's exciting to me. It's uh, very, I'm very optimistic about the future and that's exciting. That, that is good. And since this is the over 50 entrepreneur podcast, do you look at anything different as you do look out and know that you're going to be in your fifties and your sixties? And, you know, do you take any of that into consideration or, you know, is it something that you say, you know what, it's a number and I'm just moving on. Yeah. I think uh, it's really odd that we actually talk in decades of our life now. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I think I had, a, when I turned 30 years old, I had this big epiphany that, wow, I don't know anything. And I think when I turned 40, it was like, kind of like, okay, I know a little something. Um, I, I'm a little bit more confident around just life and, and whether that's professional or personal. And I think right now heading into 50, I've, I've reached a point where I really trust my intuition. I really trust my gut. And when it comes to people and there's just, I've just had so many experiences with people of different types and different walks of life and different, you know, um, situations that I've become a real student of the human being. And I think we all have is, you know, you walk on this earth for 50 years and you've interacted with enough people, you recognize patterns, you recognize, you know, warning signs and red flags and, and you recognize green lights as well. And so I think that's, what's different about how I, I work right now. I'm really, really quick to like squash relationship if there's just any something there that remotely feels wrong. Because in the past, I just, I can go back and say, you know what? I kind of thought that, well, first day something wasn't right, 
But I just said, ah, oh, it's nothing. It's, let's just go ahead and see what happens. And sure enough, you know, six months later, 12, 12 months later, you look back like, see, I know it. That's it was right there, right in my face. And I ignored it. So I think moving into the 50s, um, I'm going to trust my gut a whole lot more. I don't know if that was the answer to your question, but that's what I was thinking about. I, I think it's a great thing. You know, it's funny because I've been given a lot of thought um, recently about that whole concept of you are a collection of the five people you hang out with the most. And as I'm listening to you talk about that, um, I, I think I think that's I think it's interesting. You know, as I've gotten older, I think I do have more empathy towards people, but I'm you know I'm not willing to um, give them a lot of time in some cases where um, I, I don't see I just don't see it. Like you said, it's feeling. I don't know how to put a finger on it, but it's interesting that you come at it the way you do, um, because that's what I've been thinking about lately. So good. You know, it's interesting that you just brought up that concept of the five people, and and to add something to my answer from earlier. You know, if you were to start all over again, what would you have done differently? Type question was really understand and embrace that concept right there. Yeah. Uh, you know, just the the conversations are different. The the opportunities are different, the, the follow through and the integrity is different. If you keep on, you know, striving to be the smallest fish in that pond, um, I think that's probably the greatest shortcut there is out there is aligning yourself with people that have what you want or are doing what you want to do or who are being who you want to be. So, yeah, just that was another thing that just came up as you were saying that. <laughs> and, and it's funny because I, I'm going to be honest with you in my 30s, I think my ego sometimes got in the way of good people that were trying to share information with me, you know, and um, maybe my twenties would be better, but um, yeah, I, I have that same thought to myself is man, if I could do that differently. So may, so, so, you know, that is great advice for, for younger entrepreneurs, but I, th- I think it's something to think about no matter where we are in life. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that we just have to block everybody out and, you know, be belligerent, but I think, I think we do, uh, we do owe ourselves um, some thought to, you know, what, what are, what are we wanting and who are those people that, that we're around? What do, you know, can we learn from them? Can we gravitate to the level that they're at? And, and I think there's something to that. So. Yep. You know, Matt, peer pressure, it works both ways. You it, know? it works. Absolutely. It's a great, great point. Well, so Matt, knowing what, you know, looking out here, um, you've helped so many people and talk to me a little bit. You, you made a comment recently on one of your podcasts ab- about um, execution, right? To, to the point, and I think this is important because some of the work we do with business advisory, um, all that content really is out there today, right? And what I find is it isn't about the content. It's absolutely about the execution and the scorecard. Mm-hmm. And so I'm interested in, you know, what you've done and you've developed this program and, and you've helped so many people. You're more focused on that. Why is that? And how are, how are you dealing with that in, in the business moving forward? Sure. Yeah. Um, our educational company has uh, gone through several transitions and it's a, evolved into a service that uh, is really producing results of which I would put up against anybody else that would consider themselves a competitor of mine. And it's the, the concept of 
you know, we all have heard the expression knowledge is power. And we all know that's not entirely accurate. It's incomplete thought. It's the applied knowledge. That's the power. And that's where the power comes from. And if you look back in, you know, in workshops and seminars and people that buy the late night infomercial stuff, or they buy, see something online of, you know, whatever it may be, right. It's how to get rich or how to get a date or how to get skinny, whatever it is that you're looking to do. You know, so few of those people that buy that stuff get the results that they signed up for. And is it the, is it the, the product that's bad? No, it's really typically not. It's the, the human being executing the plan that's came within that product or that service or that package, whatever it was, that's the big variable. And so you introduce that variable and you get all kinds of different results. And so what we started to notice was inside of our program, our educational program was a very small number of people were getting the results that they had signed up for. And it was a real head scratcher because like I'm walking you through it step by step of exactly how I did it and exactly what I did, you know, what's wrong here? Why aren't you doing it? To me, it was very simple. It was like just follow the instructions and do it and you'll get the results. <laughs> right. People weren't doing that. And after a, a survey a couple of months, a couple months, a couple of years ago, we uh, took a survey of our audience and I just found out what's the biggest obstacle. Where'd you get stuck? Why'd you quit? Why haven't you been communicating? Where'd you go? What happened? And if we just saw a repeating pattern of people like, like just could never figure out the technology or I just couldn't get the website set up and I just got frustrated. And, and it was all this stuff that were stopping people was the getting ready to get ready stuff. It was all the how to build a business part thing that people were getting stuck by. And they got, they got burned out and quit before they ever actually got to the real estate part of the business, the thing that they actually signed up for. And so what my team and I did, we just kind of got together. It was like, well, if we're going to continue to do this with any sort of um, good, uh, good faith and, and feel good about ourselves, then we've got to get them closer to the goal line. How are we going to do that? And so we just started doing everything for them to where they come into our program. If they want to start a part-time or a full-time real estate investing business. And it's, it's, it's ironic. I don't know if it's ironic. Maybe it's meant to be that uh, we're on the over 50 podcast, the over 50 entrepreneur podcast is that uh, I say between 45 to 55 year olds, uh, they're, they're frustrated, unfulfilled professionals that want to go out. They're tired of their job, even though they have been doing their career for several years, they're making decent money. They're just unfulfilled. And they come to us saying, Hey, I want something better. I want something different. This is not panning out. I've done the math. I've done the projections a little bit concerned about what the future holds. And so we help them build a real estate investing business and we put it all together for them. We custom, we just basically copy and paste our business into theirs. We customize it for their audience. We customize it for them personally in their company. And then they come to our office for two days. We train them how to use it. And then we actually launch all of their marketing campaign and everything right there from our office. And within seven to 10 days of them leaving our office, they're receiving phone calls. They're going on appointments. They're writing offers and, you know, and they're closing deals. They're flipping houses. They're getting, they're adding to their portfolio. They are actually in the real estate investing business. So it's still not a perfect system, but we know now if people quit and people decide to do something else, at least they quit in the real estate business, not before they ever got there. So it, it's really um, turnkey. Right. Because you're, you're teaching, you're, you're not just teaching them. And that's the thing you hit on it. I've been through seminars. I've learned, you know, a lot of times for entrepreneurs and, and you know, this, Matt, 
some some of the variable is time, right? And and that's an excuse, but it's also a reality. But so what you did is took the information and gave them a system, a platform where where they could see it through, basically. And so there's unbelievable value. That that's that's a great. I just think that's an interesting opportunity, not only for real estate, but for any entrepreneur who thinks they have something to share. Um, you know, because that's that's the whole idea in this information age, right? Is we're using these platforms to share information, but maybe there's something. Do you, I'm I'm looking at this thinking maybe there's broader application um, for the entrepreneurial world, right? Oh, 100. You call it the. Uh you know, any business, any service, the closer you get somebody to their, their dream outcome, the more they're willing to pay for it. Yeah. So whatever your business is, how can you get them exactly what they want? And the closer you get them to that, the more they're going to pay. The one question that really kind of transformed this whole, our whole business and what gave birth to this idea of us doing this for us was as an entrepreneur, ask yourself, how would your business change if you were not paid until after your customer got their desired outcome. And that's what changed everything for us. Like, wow, what if we took on these clients and we weren't going to get paid and say, until say they flipped their first house, like what would we have right. to do for them to assure that we got paid? And so that's where this whole thing came from. And so one part is doing getting them as close to the goal line as possible. The other part is being very selective of who you work with. Because even if I do something for somebody, they still got to pick, take that ball from my hand and walk it into the end zone. And some people just, you know, not capable or don't have the desire to totally do that. So you've, you've found a deeper problem. You came up with a solution. And what I hear you saying is you've basically understood what an ideal client or customer for this uh, solution set is um, how do you go about how do you go about kind of finding that out finding out who the ideal customer is yeah I mean do you have a, a screening questionnaire um, is it just something from the gut that you you visit with them and and you know um, how do you get to that point yeah I think the I guess we don't have defined parameters but we can, yeah, I guess it is more of a gut now that you're asking, Rick, I, now that you're saying this, I'm like, I don't know. Cause we certainly say no to enough people. I'd say 25, 30% of the people that come through. I was like, I don't know, but we kind of talk them into it and explain them to them the reality of what they're going to have to do. And they kind of, it's not like we reject them, but they go, Oh, well, I don't know if I want to do that. So they kind of exclude themselves. And so and we don't sell easy. We don't sell push button stuff. We sell, hey, this is a real business. It's difficult. It's going to take some consistent action of the right activities. You're going to have to be persistent. You're going to have to be tenacious. You're going to have to have some stick to That was a Marine Corps word. And, right. uh, and you know, and the, the rewards at the end are fruitful and bountiful and lucrative and well worth the journey. But it's going to be a journey. And when you start explaining that to people, um, the right people or the wrong people will weed themselves out, if that makes sense. Well, it absolutely makes sense because I think that we see a lot of that, unfortunately, in society today. You know, everybody wants something easy. And, you know, uh, you were talking about uh, the Marines. 
Well, I, I've got a nice little logo in my garage and it just is a reminder. Freedom is never free. Mm. Right. And, and your program uh, has a lot of value, but there's work. It takes time. Indeed. Anything yeah. worthwhile does. Absolutely. Well, listen, I, I appreciate your time. This is, this has been good. I, one question, I think as we get towards the end of today's program, what piece of advice would you have for an entrepreneur today, whether they were just getting started, you know, we call them second half entrepreneurs or leaving the corporate world. They've got a passion um, and, and they're thinking about engaging it, or it's just somebody who's owned a business for a long time and is starting to think about that second part of their life. What, what advice would you give them? Um, there's three things that, I, that come to mind because I've, I've answered this question a few times and, and I'm thinking like, the first one is just be certain whatever you're doing is exactly what you do want to do. Something that you can get passionate behind, something that you love, something that you like, because um, when you do that, the work ethic, the needed necessary work ethic is going to naturally follow if you enjoy what you're doing. I think that's for number one. Number two is, and we had talked about this, is to be intentional about creating your environment. Be very intentional about who you surround yourself with, who you spend your time with. And I think that's going to, that can have a bigger impact on any other advice out there. And the third thing is when it comes time to transact, when it comes time to take money for your service or goods, um, be really focused on how can you turn it into a stream of income rather than a single transaction. I think those will be my three pointers or three tips. I love it. I love it. Well, Matt, you know, again, I appreciate having you on the show. I, I appreciate your time. Um, like I said, I'm a big fan of what you do and how you carry yourself as an entrepreneur. If people want to learn more about the work that you do or follow your podcast, how, how do they get in touch with you? Sure. Well, we're on iTunes or I think it's called Apple Podcasts now. So if you found this show, Rick's Fine Show, then you can find mine. It's the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. And if you had any sort of interest and wanted to look deeper into how we do what we do for our clients, that website would be reiace.com. Very good. Well, Matt, I appreciate it. And um, we will wrap up today's show. We want to thank everybody for listening. And you're listening to the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thank you very much. The Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast is sponsored by Epic Business Advisory, where we help entrepreneurs escape the owner's trap, build businesses that can succeed without you, allowing you the opportunity to realize more freedom, think bigger, and pursue next-level goals. Download our freedom formula at epicsbiz.com slash formula. And remember... We're only getting started.